Mom always said the greatest movie of all time was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Today on the show, Forrest Gump. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me Welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, Sexual Chocolate, Rick Barrasso. <laughs> and I, the big Gumposki, Rick, De- R- R- I don't know, I don't know what my name is anymore. We're going to watch every single movie ever made and we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? I'm doing great. Excellent. How about you? I'm doing swell. We're recording this uh, right after Christmas, and uh, we are getting ready for the new year. So we figured let's do a movie with a prominent New Year's Eve scene. We get Forrest Gump. And this, uh, you know, we get a lot to talk about with this movie. And this, uh, again, raises the specter of these Oscars, which we've talked about a couple times before. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's talk. Let's let's get ready to accidentally influence the entire American pop culture of the the second half of the 20th century with Forrest Gump. But first, let's take care of some business. Last week, of course, we had Gia on for our Christmas episode, Christmas vacation. It's phenomenal. We had an old fashioned Christmas episode. Uh, Check that one out or any of our library. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Whatever app you use, subscribe, review if you can. It's extremely helpful for the show. You can now rate podcasts uh, on Spotify, so please do that. Um, and if you enjoyed it, if you have anything else you want us to cover, let us know. We are on social media. We're the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We're at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as our old army buddy, who's really good at shrimping, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. But now, I think I just feel like uh, recording a podcast. Forrest Gump is a 1994 epic coming-of-age drama directed by our beloved champion, Robert Zemeckis. It stars Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump, Robin Wright as Jenny Curran, Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan, and Sally Field as Mrs. Gump. And that is her credited name, Mrs. Gump. (laughs) It made $678.2 million on a $55 million budget. There's an 8.8 on IMDb, a 71% in Rotten Tomatoes, and an 82% on Metacritic. Rare that Metacritic is higher than Rotten Tomatoes. Still a B minus, though. That's true. Ebert, four out of four. Quote, what a magical movie. Siskel, three and a half out of four. Credit for the success of this film has to start with Robert Zemeckis, who has taken his Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit successes and parlayed it into a more mature yet equally entertaining film. For a negative one, Stephen Holden from New York Times. Forrest Gump has the elements of an emotionally gripping story yet it feels less like a romance than a co- than like a coffee table book celebrating the magic of special effects. Derek, do you remember your first time seeing Forrest Gump? I don't remember when I first saw it. No, I think it was like a movie that was just kind of always around. And I probably at some point sat down and watched it from beginning to end. I don't really remember when it was, but I remembered, I mean, I, I knew... You know, I knew Run Forest Run. I knew some of the, the box of chocolates line. Like I knew the voice. You know, people would like, you know, parody it my whole life. But I would say that my last watch of this, which was yesterday, was probably my third or fourth full, like, you know, watching it from beginning to end. Yeah. Yep. I, I remember the first time I saw this, I was sort of, it was like I was on vacation. I want to say I was in Florida or something, but it was like my immediate family, 
grandparents, cousins. So it was like a big family vacation. And we were like, let's rent a movie. And Forrest Gump was the movie. So we all sat around and we watched Forrest Gump together because I feel like that's the, uh, that's the ultimate. And that was my father's side of the family. And then a few months later, we had a big vacation in New Hampshire or we had a big vacation uh, up north with uh, a few of uh, my, the other side of my family. And we did the same thing. We watched Forrest Gump again as a big extended family. And that's kind of what I always uh, associate because my first two viewings were this were like surrounded by people. Right. And I don't know how that colored my, for like a long time. I was like, Oh, that's the family movie. And I went quite a while without watching it again. And then a few years ago, or, you know, when I was in my twenties, I watched it again. And I was like, Oh, there's some stuff in here we need to reckon with. And we're going to do that today. Mm-hmm. But let's, um, let's talk about what actually happens in the movie. And there's a lot that happens in this movie. We're not going to cover all of it, but we're going to do as much as we can in 30 seconds. So Derek, if you've chosen the song, you have a litany of choices. for this. One, yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that too. Um, this is quite the soundtrack. I chose the song that I think really puts the Vietnam war in perspective. And that's like, I think it's, I think if, if anything, this is like the theme of Vietnam and that's for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield. Is this, is that the song you, so is that the song you uh, associate most closely with this movie? I, I don't know. It, it's it's up there. There's a couple of them that I, I was going to choose. I think, and... Weirdly, for me, it's Against the Wind. Yeah, that, that, that's one that I was actually playing right before we started. I was looking through the soundtrack and I was listening to that one because I do I do enjoy it. Um, but there's a lot of moments of like, I, I also hear that. Um, uh, what's the song um, by the young blood shine on your brother, everybody yeah, yeah. Th- that guitar in the beginning that do no, 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 no. That I always remember that from the, from the movie too. It's very 60s. Alabama. Yeah. Okay. The, the yeah. soundtrack to this is like, well, like, this is going to tie in <laughs> to something we're going to talk about, but let's, let's talk about what happens in the movie. Count me down. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Forrest Gump, an intellectually disabled man, sort of stumbles his way through the major cultural events of American society between the 50s and the 80s. All the while, he chases after Jenny, the love of his life from a time he was a boy. Jenny, parallel to Forrest, experiences the dark side of America during the same time period. Forrest make fr- makes friends along the way, especially Lieutenant Dan in Vietnam, whose life he saves, though Dan loses his legs. In the end, Forrest finds they had conceived a child with Jenny. Jenny dies of a disease strongly hinted at being AIDS. Forrest cannot decide whether people have a destiny or free will. All right, 29 seconds. And I'm pretty sure she died of hepatitis C. I, I think, According to the trivia, anyway. The trivia, I mean, whatever. that Anyone can post that. Well, to it's, me, a, it's like I guess, a I guess, virus. And like yeah. the virus of that time period that people didn't know what it was was AIDS. Well, Zemeckis himself, I think, was like, everybody thinks it's AIDS, but it's Hep C is what I think I remember reading reading something like that. Well, Zemeckis didn't write the story like it was just based on a book well so, it wasn't it wasn't to close to the actress either like robin wright didn't even know what her disease was but it seems like it would like that's what i said i, okay. I, I literally was like so we're, gonna, AIDS, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about this more when we get to um when we get to least favorite things but thematically to me it makes sense that it's aids okay um uh, but let's before we get to least favorite let's talk about let's let's start first of all so let me start this first. I like this movie. The performances in it are incredible. But, and the scenes in it, taken on their own, are great. But we're going to talk about some things that we don't like. Mm-hmm. And it has more to do with the main, to me, philosophy of the movie. But we'll okay. get to it. But let's talk about what we do like first. Favorite scenes. Derek, what's your number three? So my number three, and, and like you said, there's a, there's a ton you can choose from here. This is the, this is very uh, um, uh, a good movie for for good scenes. Um, but my number three was the scene on New Year's Eve where Lieutenant Dan is, is sort of just sitting there and just staring off into nothingness while the confetti and the party is starting. And I think Lieutenant Dan has this dark cloud over him at all times. And you can just kind of the, the way Gary Sinise portrays Lieutenant Dan is is great. He's just 
he doesn't have to say much to know how horrible he feels inside of him. And he's still one of those characters up to that point where you're like, do I like this guy? He's, he's kind of a dick to Forrest Gump a lot of the time. He's just kind of a hard ass. But the next scene after that is when Lieutenant Dan and Forrest are kind of fooling around with girls and the room. And, you know, she calls Forrest stupid or dumb or whatever. And he's like, don't you ever call him that. And it's like for the first time, it's like Lieutenant Dan defends Forrest Gump. And like, I feel like at that point, Lieutenant Dan becomes a very likable character, not just a likable character, but it's like, okay, I'm behind Lieutenant Dan now. He's, I feel bad for him. And then he falls to the floor. The girls laugh at him. And the one thing that I mentioned, because G and I always watch these movies together is I'm like, while he's walking, you know, not walking, obviously, but he's crawling back to his chair. And I'm like, he needs insane upper body strength to do what he just did. Right. And he like gets up on the chair by himself and he's just, he's proud, you know, and everything. And it was just, um, I think from the new year's Eve, all the way up to all the way up to that scene at the end where he defends forest. I really enjoy it. It's like, for me, it's like Lieutenant Dan's big moment. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, and this is to me, the brilliance of Hanks's performance for him to play off of because one way one degree in either direction. You know, he's walking a tightrope to make Forrest like incredibly likable to the point where it's like everyone has their reasons that they should fucking like either hate or like pity Forrest. And Hanks just doesn't let them. He's just like, he just won't let you not like him. So you right. totally get the dynamic between them where Lieutenant Dan is like, fuck this guy, but ugh, damn it, I like <laughs> him. Right. He's my guy. Yeah. Um, so my uh, my number three is the scene where let me just say the final act of this movie, which is I mean, just like the the last third, let's say of this movie, is incredible to me. But my number three scene is with the scene where they meet uh, Forrest Junior, and I think to me it's because it's really the first time you see Forrest out of the story he's telling other than when he's on the bench. And it's also the, the only time he, he only references his disability or his, you know, his, whatever it is twice. And, and this is the only time he does it directly. You know, the, the only other time he's, you know, he says, I'm not a smart man. Right. But then this one where he just like breaks for a second. Yeah. Where he's like, is he smart or is he, and he can't even get out like me. Right. And it's such a brilliant, like that scene wins, you know, wins him the Oscar. I, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, it's a beautiful scene. And that's a, that's such a great moment too. Cause it's like, it's, it is the first time that like, you see, because usually he's just kind of like, oh, okay, like I'm, it's whatever. Every situation I'm in, it's like, okay, I'll do what I have to do. And it's the first time you see him like break a little bit, you know, and it, it's, it, it kind of gets you in the stomach. Right. Uh, so what's your two? My two is the scene where he just decides to run. Yeah. And I think it's just such a clever scene and everything. And I remember when we were watching this, yesterday we had forgotten a lot of the things that happened in this movie specifically i guess in the very like maybe like the first 20 minutes um the stuff with like i don't know the the mom and like that that teacher that was really weird yeah <laughs> um things like that we were like oh, i don't i didn't remember this and <laughs> whatever but the one thing i was like i wonder did he he must have stopped and like rested and like ate right and then he literally says it he's like when i when i was tired i slept when i was hungry i ate and um i i just i just think it's it's a cool I think the 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 landscape, the sh- the shots of like you know I think he's like where like Grand the Grand Canyon is at one point. It's like somewhere out west, and the music that's playing. I think one was running on empty, but why by Jackson Brown. Yeah. Um, the whole sequence is really fun, and like his hair gets super super long, and like he's got this like scraggly beard going, and then like people follow him. It's almost like Rocky people like, this gives me inspiration. Like, why are you doing this? And he's just like, I just felt like running. Um, And it's actually based on something that really did happen where a 16 year old just started running and it was like for cancer apparently, but like he, he just did it. And people were like, Oh, let's follow him. But I, my favorite part of it, I guess, is just when he turns around, like in the middle of everything. And he's just like, all right, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. And he just starts to walk the other way. You know, like he's just going to walk home. (laughs) It's just such a cool scene. 
Yeah, I, I have the same as my uh, my number two here as well, because it is kind of like one of the things you think of when you think of this movie, I feel like. Mm. Weirdly, even though it's it's like a total detour from the story. Like the only the only purpose it serves whatsoever is like Jenny sees him on the news and like that's right. reaches out to him. That like that's it. It has nothing to do with fucking anything else. Well, is it is it because he's depressed and that's how he gets his like thoughts out or like that was his reaction to like let me just get out of here for a while or do you think it was just like I'm bored I'm gonna run I thought I, I just felt like it was based off of him being like why the hell did she leave I me? don't know to, to me Forrest is like he's he, he doesn't have the I don't want to say depth as a character because that's not exactly what I'm trying to say but he he's not like somebody who's gonna lie to you you know, when he's whenever he lies, he goes, that's all I have to say about that. Like whenever he doesn't want to talk about something. He won't right, right, right. You know, so he'll him saying, you know, I just felt like running like I there's no reason not to buy that mm-hmm. for me. So I don't think there's much more to it than just like. And again, this is this is going to this is going to come up. This, this is going to come up. OK. Again, like Forrest is you know, whatever you throw at him, he just kind of reflects it back. Yep. You know? So, like, looking for meaning in what he does is just kind of futile for everyone. Right. Yep. You know? But what's your, uh, what's your number one scene? I got to say, this was kind of tough, uh, but I would say that my number one is the kind of the Vietnam sequence. When they get over to Vietnam, I think the mix of Forrest Gump sort of narrating what's happening out there um, about the rain, about, you know, the mud and what he did each day and writing letters to Jenny and the, the music especially is so embedded. You hear the Credence Clearwater, you know, you hear that, you hear like the Buffalo Springfield song. It's very, it's time. And what he does is, is pretty amazing too, as a character. And of course it's a, it's not a real story, but you know, he saves literally everybody. And then the one person he can't save is his best friend. And it's kind of heart wrenching to think that like, you know, he, he saves Lieutenant Dan at the end. And he's just like, I got to go get Bubba. And he's like, literally, this is a direct order. I'm literally, I just called in. We're going to bomb that entire area. And Forrest is like, I don't care. I'm going to go save my best friend. And he brings him back and Bubba ends up dying. And it's like, he keeps a promise to him. And he, and then later on the whole thing with the shrimp. And that's another scene that I could have mentioned is when the, when they finally get the shrimp, it's just so rewarding to see all that shrimp right. on the boat, but it's, um, it just, it starts the string of all of these things for the character. Like, you know, and, and I think to him, if, if you were to actually ask Forrest, like, you know, you saved all these people and he's like, well, that's what I was supposed to do. Like, not like, you're right. I did this good thing. Like, I don't even think he gets it. I don't think he even like realizes the, the, yeah. the dramatic, you know, of, of what he did and, and whatnot. So it's a pretty cool scene. Yeah. Uh, my number one is the final uh, sort of monologue that Forrest has, you know, it sort of starts when he's at Jenny's bedside and then goes to when he's at Jenny's grave. And it, it just it gets me you know because as i sort of grow older i have a lot more uh i don't know maybe sympathy or empathy with with jenny and seeing her die and seeing her finally let herself be happy with forest only at the very end to you know uh, to perish mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks's line readings of like this horrible thing that he's dealing with. And she's been like, you died on a Saturday or a Saturday morning. And it's just like punches you in the gut. And he's he, like, he's just incredible in the scene. And it just, you know, kills me. Yeah. And you know, it's funny and I hate to sound like an asshole here, but I feel more for Forrest than I care about Jenny dying. 
Um, and mainly because I think Jenny was a shitty person. And I think that uh, she didn't was do she? a whole- I just don't think that she really, I mean, she was, a, I know she was a confused person and she had a shitty childhood. And I know there's a deleted scene out there where she like kills her father um, and they didn't put her in the movie on purpose. This is, so this is, this is a perfect segue actually to least favorite part. Okay. And let's, let's start this. Let me ask you, what do you think this movie is trying to say? I don't really know what it, what the real, what the real message is here because mm-hmm. Because what I see is that there's a guy who doesn't realize the things he influences, and mm-hmm. it's almost like if you try to do these things, you wouldn't even come close. But because Here's- he's not really aware of it, it's like he just he. And again, but th- what does that mean for me? The theme is like, okay, do I just stop caring and then things will happen? Yes. <laughs> here's here's what bugs me. The there's there's a lot of things that kind of get under my skin about this movie but here's the ultimate thing that really bugs me about this movie anyone who tries to do anything anyone who tries to accomplish anything is punished by fate by destiny who knows jenny whenever we see her she's going to college She's trying to like better herself and she gets kicked out. She tries to like protest the war in Vietnam, which is what all of our fucking favorite people from that time period were doing. And her boyfriend beats her up. Uh, You know, she tries to basically be an artist. She gets like, you know, a singer and she gets like heckled off stage. Lieutenant Dan, he wants to go and fight and die for his country. And instead, he just winds up with his legs cut off, fucking miserable and depressed. Mm. Uh, Bubba, he wants to, like, start a shrimp boat, like, start a shrimp company. And he fucking dies. John Lennon, he dies. JFK, he fucking dies. The only way you get through, the only way you get success is to just give up and go with the flow. That's what this movie is saying to me. That's right. all Forrest does. That's what, and, and this, that leads into like Jenny spends her whole life trying to do things. And culturally, a lot of people thought AIDS was like God's punishment for gay people. This is what people thought in the, in the early eighties. <laughs> and that is thematically like why I think it's AIDS. Um, and you know, it like everyone he like Forrest just stumbles through, you know, and, and it's not like good people get punished. People trying to do bad things that like get shot as well. Like George Wallace gets shot. You know, anyone who tries to accomplish anything is fucking smacked down. And the final scene of the movie, the final line of the movie, and I love that scene, I love that performance, is basically Forrest going like, uh. Right. What's it all about? Eh. Well, I think I, I think that within that sort of that that famous line is life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get is sort of like it, it. Things are just randomized. Like you never know what's going to happen in your life. Look what happened in mine. Sure. So you could end up being dead in Vietnam or you could end up being like somebody who creates so many things like me and not even realize it. I th- but I think this this theme almost ties into like no country for old men type thing where like things are random and things just happen. See what happens. Goodfellas. There's no theme. It's just like watch what happens to these people, you know, so sometimes it really works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, do you think that but, what they're trying to do here's, doesn't here's work? What, here's what I get. I think what this movie is saying, what I really get from this is not only are things just going to happen. you can't improve your situation you can't you'll be punished in some way like and the only way like like lieutenant lieutenant dan gets his happy ending when he's just like i give up like i'm like fucking take me and he's like god's like hmm let me give you some shrimp then um (laughs) and here's here's the other thing this read in one way Okay, look at all the things Forrest's influences throughout his 
like his life, you know, he basically like writes, imagine, you know, he, uh, create like, it's just it's all these things. He, and th- th- this is the other thing, like it does the, the perfect encapsulation is like, he goes to this, this, the scene where at the protest, Whereas like Forrest is going to finally give his opinion on something. He's going to make an active choice and tell you what he believes. Mm-hmm. And they fucking literally unplug the microphone. Right. That the movie's saying like, what is it? It's, it's, it drives me crazy. Um, and you know, the other, the other way you can read it is like, like all these things from the like works of art to like the bullshit tchotchkes that forest influences would not exist all the, like all this culture that you've enjoyed your life is the work of a moron. Mm. It's, it's not a work of gene, you know, John Lennon, is he a genius? Is Elvis a genius? No, just like the, the handicapped kid, like did things weird. And also, like, and that's the cynical way to look at it. If you're going to be an optimist looking at it, it's still also, like, porno for boomers. Right. So, again, like, I, I like this movie. I do. I think the philosophy of this movie is wacky as shit. Yeah, and that ties into kind of what I, my, my least favorite things are. I mean, I agree with you. I think the theme of Forrest Gump is very odd. And it's not really something that makes a lot of sense. Um, but there is something that's completely just, un- I, I love Zemeckis. I think he's a great director. I think he does something in this movie that's so hor- horrific that it's like, I just can't even believe that he thought this was a good idea. And that is when he makes the little mouths move for John Lennon and Kennedy and LBJ, like, it's so bad that I, I, I have to look away almost. It's, it's like you couldn't have done anything else, like maybe not show their faces while they're talking. It's just so bad. I, I can't even get around it. Zemeckis, you should be ashamed of yourself. See, no, I, at the time, that was like revolutionary. That was you the have, you have, oh, Man, it's so bad looking. I don't care what anyone says. You, this is you, you got to look at it as like. You know, know, they, their mouths weren't even moving correctly. It was like, it was like so stupid. Sure, but you have to look at it as like the beginning of. See, that's what I really part of what I really enjoy about this movie is like it was the beginnings of what we can do now with like deep fakes and what we can do with, you know, I mean we'll we'll talk about it in recasting, but like the technology now is such that it's like you can de-age people and you can like make them talk to fucking Lincoln or Kennedy or whoever the fuck you want them to. Right. So, I mean, that, that, to me, that's one of the, like, that's a feature, not a bug. I didn't land with me, but all right. Um, so that's kind of it from my least favorite stuff. So. Okay. So let's go to, uh, let's go to metals. Uh, who do you have for bronze? My bronze goes to, well, uh, first let me quickly just give an honorable mention to Alan Silvestri, um, yeah. who Zemeckis does work with in the past with Back to the Future. Um, I think he does a really nice score here. Um, I actually went back before we just started to just listen to the, the Forrest Gump suite. And um, it has some very nice tones and very nice melodies. I really, really enjoyed it. Actually, when the credits roll on Forrest Gump, I left it on for a little longer because I enjoyed the music. Yeah. And um, so I really, really like that. But my number three goes to Gary Sinise. I think um, he knocks it out of the park with, with Lieutenant Dan. And he's a, it's a good arc, you know, like I mentioned before, it's like, you start off not really knowing how you feel about this character. He seems kind of like a prick and a hard ass, you know, whatever. And then you slowly realize like what his arc is and everything. And then like, you're right, he does give up. And as soon as he gives up in this movie, he gets shrimp. You know what I mean? It's like, here's your reward from God, because whoever gives up in this movie gets what they want. Or doesn't care. But if you do care, you get you get killed. Um, Or whatever. But um, just you know, lots of nice things to say. I'm glad that he got his legs. And I remember that earlier in the movie, um, when you first kind of see like him without legs, I remember watching it with my mom way back when, and she's like, I just don't get it. How do they do that? And I'm like, my, it's CGI. It's computerized. Yeah. You know, she's he wears like, a green, he wears a big 
green what, tube socks. But what is that? How do they do it? Though? I'm like, mom, they do it through computers. I, you know, somebody made him a special wheelchair and like they put this and in the computer and does this and they tie. She's like, I just will never understand it. I've had this conversation with her maybe 45 times. We're like Lord of the Rings. She's like, I just don't get how they mom again. It's computers. Um, it'll never sink in to her that yeah. it's computers. It's something otherworldly and supernatural. So, yeah. So you went with Garrison East. So I am going to go with Robin Wright as Jenny. Um, I think it's kind of a, in a way it's like a thankless role because she's there to just like get shit on this whole movie from the time she's introduced. Basically right. nobody's nice to her except for Forrest. Yep. Nobody. Yeah. And then like Lieutenant Dan, who she meets at the very end. He's like, hi, how you doing? She's like, hi. And like, oh, that, yeah, that was, that was like, a nice, that was a super her, nice exchange for her. It's like, it's her third most significant friendship between besides Forrest and her son. Like, that's it. Right. It's like one person who's like, hey, how you doing? That's it. That's everyone else is like a total dick to her. Right. And she's just like, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. And I think she's, she kind of just has to deal with bullshit the whole movie as a character. And she's still, to me, very likable at the end. Yeah, I think that you kind of changed my mind a little bit. Like, I, I didn't really care for her much, but now realizing that, like, yeah, she was kind of shit on her entire life by everybody. And like, I think it's angry enough for me because, like, the one person you're like, he'd be so good to you. She's like, well, I don't want to be with him, or at least I don't think I do. Because to so, me, it's like the character of Jenny is like, I'm going to fucking destroy. Like, that's why she leaves after they sleep together. Because she's like, I'm going to destroy this guy. My life is going to, like, ruin his life and drag right. him down. Right, right. That makes sense. So uh, who's your silver? My silver goes to Robert Zemeckis. I think overall, I think he did a really nice job. Um, I will say, I think the, the the thing that he does the best in this movie is place songs where they should be. And he the soundtrack is just excellent. It reminds me of like Scorsese status of like just using the right tone and the right song in the right place. And um, I love his choice of songs because that's the type of music that I'm into. I love classic rock. So uh, for me, every song that plays is like, ooh, good song. Ooh, that's a really cool tune there. Um, so I really, really like that. And I, again, I had mentioned this before. I love the landscapes and the shots, the different scenes. I, I think that's why one of the running, the running scene is one of my favorites because you get to see the scope of the world and him just like running across the country and seeing what's out there. Um, but I also think the editing is really, really great too. And I'm sure that, you know, he had a lot to do with that along with the person who did edit the movie, but it just, things don't drag in this movie. You know, it may not make sense to you as to why things are happening, but the movie never bores you. Well, at least not me. I don't know if it bores you at all, but for me, this this movie is a lot of things that is not boring. It's absolutely an entertaining movie, you know? So I think that uh, props to Zemeckis are, our champion. I agree. I agree. He's my, he's our champion. Robert Zemeckis is my silver medal winner as well, because if you listen to this episode, you would think I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> right. Right. And I don't. And it's because it is crafted so well. It like, again, like it, I, I should hate this movie for everything it says about like the world and philosophy and society and I don't because it's so watchable because Zemeckis is a fucking genius. Yeah. You know, it, it's it. So he's very deserving of a, of a silver medal here. So I think uh, uh, gold, probably, probably the same for both of us. And uh, naturally it's Haley Joel Osment. Bob, right? Bob, I was going to say Bob yeah. Goldwaith, but okay. Um, who's not even in this movie? Naturally Timothy Chalamet is gold. Right, right. Exactly. Um yeah, I mean, you know, when I was younger, I always thought that Tom Hanks was just kind of like, he's the same in every movie. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, that's not true at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, wow, man, like he's just the 90s. He just murders, dude. He really does. He's just and he's just so good and everything. And I forget I'm watching Tom Hanks in this movie. Like it's. It's not the same in, in every other movie. He's just so yeah. good. And even just some of the things, some of the choices he makes. And I was reading some of the trivia where like, I guess in every picture he's in, his eyes are closed. Yes. And it's kind of a funny thing. Or like when he, the, the, the guy tells him, oh, and ping pong, never take your eye off the ball. He never blinks when he's playing ping pong. 
just little tiny subtle Tom Hanks. You, you, know you know my favorite little thing that I I actually didn't notice for some like it just totally escaped me. What? There's a scene right afterwards. Did you see what the like at home ping pong set was called? Oh, I forget. Gump Mao ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we have to assume it was edited out that Forrest Gump met Mao Zedong. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's I can't say enough good things about Tom Hanks here. It's uh, you know, he deserves all the accolades he gets for this, and uh yeah. he's he's the best. Perfect. Yeah, like I said, he walks that tightrope that he he could become overly pathetic or he could become you know detestable uh as a character and completely like unfeeling but he doesn't he finds the absolute and that's why tom hanks is pro and i mean we've gone over i can run through the list of hanks's run during the like 80s to the 90s into the early 2000s it's fucking wild and this is kind of where it starts or kind of where like i think where it peaks to me yeah it's just, and again i don't know if you had a hard time but I chose somebody fairly quickly for Forrest, but I had to second guess myself because this is not an easy part to cast. Well, here's here's the thing that because of how technology is used in this movie, realistically, you could pick somebody of any age. Like the, the, it's so and it, it was actually quite like freeing to me where I was like not. You know, theoretically, like I wouldn't pick somebody in their 20s, but. I mean, Tom Hanks is like 38 when this movie comes out. Yep. And he's playing a high school student. Right. And they look older, sure. But like the technology now where you can age and de-age people are so much better. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, we'll, we'll let's let's start. I have uh, I have Forrest. I've got Jenny. I've got Lieutenant Dan and I've got Mrs. Gump. Ah, damn it. I have the same ones as you, except for Mrs. Gump. I have Bubba. Okay. Who's, who's your Bubba? My Bubba is Anthony Mackie. And I was looking at different pictures of different actors. And I just saw Anthony Mackie in this role. I think that he would do a really, really good job. And I think he's a, a young, sort of bright actor as far as Hollywood is concerned. I feel like he's going to be in a lot of good things going forward. And I think this would have been like one of the roles where he could really, really nail. Yeah. No, I love Anthony Mackie. Uh, I think he's he's almost like I just see the Falcon when I see him now. And that's so the thing. Like, like I'm th- I'm hoping that like he does get a role like this where yeah. people are like, oh, well, look at this one, you know. So so my Mrs. Gump is Frances McDormand. Oh, she's she's just an excellent actress. Yeah. 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 We we saw her as a mother in Almost Famous. And uh this would be a very different, uh very different maternal role. You know, playing, it, uh, she's playing Lady Macbeth opposite. Uh, Denzel I Washington saw that up. trailer I and I, you know, it's funny. Somebody already saw the movie. I don't know how yeah. on Facebook and they trashed it. They were like, I didn't like it. And I was like, really? It looks amazing to yeah. me. I, there's there's no chance I'm not going to like that. movie. Right. right. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the bag for that movie. Already. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Are you going to pl- plan on seeing that in the movies? Uh, I don't know. A lot, I mean, so much is up in the air right now. Right. With, uh, you know, the thing. But yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. Cool. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, let's go, Lieutenant Dan. Oh man, this is mine's very controversial. Okay. I. Okay, so he's not quite my Timothy Chalamet, the okay. one that I use a lot. But I think this actor is still to this day. I think he's a very underrated actor. I think that when he first started, I think people were like, eh, he's kind of boring. But as his career developed, they realized, wow, he can do a lot of different things. And I have used him in the past for some pretty big ones. But I just, for some reason, I see Jake Gyllenhaal in this role. And I picture him with the beard and the long hair and just kind of freaking out. And I just recently watched Spider-Man Far From Home and he kills as the villain. I think at first, when you're first watching that movie, I was like, me and Gia were like, he's too good of a guy. What a wonderful superhero. He's just, <laughs> he's handsome. He speaks well. Everything about him is like, you just want to be like, I want to be this guy's buddy. And then you see some, you know, you see him take that turn and become very dark. And I love yeah. when Jake Gyllenhaal screams and he yells. I love that. He, he's very intense. If you see a movie like Southpaw, holy crap. Like yeah. what? Um, Have you seen can, Nightcrawler? 
I've seen bits and pieces of it. And I still have oh, to see the whole thing. Fuck. He's so good. He's, He's so, so good. good in yeah. He was, he mean, I casted him as my Michael Corleone for God's sake. Yeah. I think that somebody like him would surprise in a role like this and be very yeah. memorable, you know? So that I went, I went in that direction. So here's what I'm saying about like in any of these roles, age almost doesn't matter. Right. Because you could like, you cast a very different, like, like my, my Lieutenant Dan is Brian Cranston. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's like, I think both of our choices, radically different actors, but absolutely positively both could do it because right. you could age Cranston down for the, the Vietnam stuff. And you could age Hall up for the, the, you know, the, what is it? The wedding. Right. And it absolutely works either way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. It, it's, it's a very strange, even with the Forrest Gump I picked, I think these actors are just, um, they just work. I, 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 maybe we'll talk about it a little bit, but I think you're right. It, it's a weird role where a young guy or an older guy could work in this. Gary Sinise is kind of that strange actor anyway, where you're like, yeah. I wouldn't have even thought of somebody like him because I don't think he really was in the public eye at the time. Sure. Um, not that he ever really was to be fair, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and, you know, we should definitely recognize Garrison. He's, you know, in the Lieutenant Dan, like he's his work now with wounded veterans because of this role right. is like so commendable. Yep, like it's yep. so great. Absolutely. Uh, but let's go to uh, let's go to Jenny. Who do you have? I went with an actress who's I, I call her fierce. Um, I don't really enjoy all of her work. I do like some of her work, but I feel like she'd be perfect for this role. And that is Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I um, see that. I think that she's uh, feisty enough to take on a role like this and come out the other side being like, wow, that was a really brilliant performance by Jennifer Lawrence. It was very, you know, her scope was 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 good. So she's just the, kind of the one I, I picked first. She was the first one that came to mind. So I said, I, I guess might as well go with my gut. Yeah. So I, I went with someone who I feel like, um, I feel like she's a better actress than the roles she gets sometimes. Uh, and that's Rachel McAdams. Okay. Yeah, I... I think so too. I think that, you know, somebody like her, like, I don't know how you can overlook this, but like in mean girls, she slays in that movie. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not even like a role that like is important, but like she can play a bitch very well and she can play the sweetest girl ever. She's got a range on her. Um, yeah. I like her a and lot. Then she's, she's in that second season of true detective and like the writing in that season's a mess, but all the right. actors are phenomenal in it. Yeah. Like including yeah. her. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a big fan of hers. So Forrest Gump, this, this one was actually very tricky to me. It is a tricky one. And I yeah. went with somebody who is, might be becoming my Timothy Chalamet for you. Okay. And I haven't used him, I guess, as much as you have with Timothy okay. Chalamet. But um, somebody who I think can pretty much do anything you want him to do. You know, yeah. it's, I, think that, uh, I think Robert Pattinson could, could, could hit mm. this. I think he could hit this. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I went I went older for my Forrest Gump, but similar, a guy who we've not on the show, but I mean on the show we've seen him, I think, in one movie, um, where he played a kind of pathetic character, and we've seen him play villains in other movies, and we've seen him run the gamut of different types of roles. And it's Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good one. I don't know why I thought you were going to say Giovanni Ribisi <laughs> for some reason. Naturally, Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi. But yeah, yeah, I think that um, he's another he one actually, of those actors. I was actors. thinking yeah. of Giovanni Ribisi for uh, for Bubba. So you know, but oh right, right, right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Poor Giovanni Ribisi is just typecast. His family is just still the same, still the same actors, but it's right. just Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, he's adopted. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was born a poor black child. Um. <laughs> Seriously, um, yeah, but I think both of those actors could could kill it. Um, yeah. and, and again, this is like, in a way, these these roles are so wide open because we picked different types of actors for each of those three roles, and I could see both of them working. You know, in, in each case, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, any um, any miscellaneous that you have? Plenty, Rick. <laughs> okay, I, I have one quick one. I have okay. one quick one, and it's something I'm paying attention to now. We talked briefly last week about movies we've done on the show appearing in other movies. Rosemary's Baby appears on a marquee. Does it really? I didn't even it notice does. that. It, it, when uh, Jenny is in San Francisco, I believe she's on Haight-Ashbury. Get out There's of here. There's a movie theater across the street and the, the uh, 
the marquee is Rosemary's baby. That is pretty funny. Yep. So I have, I have quite a few things and a lot of them are just kind of like fun facts. Yep. Um, but I thought, you know, we, we had to hear them. Uh, some of them are uh, Tom Hanks was not paid for this film. Instead, he took percentage points, which ultimately netted him in the region of $40 million. <laughs> Good for Tom Hanks. Fucking Tom Hanks. Great, great maneuver. It kind of reminds me of that George Lucas thing where he's yeah. like, you know. Don't pay me. I'll, ta- I'll just take all the merchandise. Exactly. Money. Yep, yep. Uh, the executive's like, yeah, fucking sucker. <laughs> like, so this next sentence I'm going to say both makes me laugh and makes me feel like don't make fun of this type thing at the same time. Okay. Terry Gilliam and Barry Sonnenfeld turned down the chance to direct this film. Sonnenfeld instead chose to direct Adam's Family Values. And I think it's hilarious that he did that instead, but I also love that movie for so many reasons. But it's just funny to me that he could have done Forrest Gump and instead he's doing Adam's Family Values. Sonnenfeld, see, I like both of those guys. Um, Son, Gilliam, it would have been too weird. It would have like he would have made it super weird and like esoteric in some ways. Like right. it would have been just a bizarre movie. Sonnenfeld would have made it too funny. Yep. Um, yep. but Zemeckis is the perfect guy for it because he's like walking that line. You know, he's like same thing with like Back to the Future. It wrong hands, it could be too weird. Right. Wrong hands, it could be too goofy. Yep. And Zemeckis is like, no, I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, and he's like he, Spielberg's protege. Yep. He's, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. He does a nice blend of comedy and drama. Yeah. Um, so the voice of Elvis Presley is done by Kurt Russell. Yep. I did know that. Yeah, I did not know that. And I was like, you OK. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so the, 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 the actors that were considered for or actually, I think they turned either they turned it down or they were at least uh, mentioned in for Forrest Gump were Bill Murray. No. Chevy Chase. No. And John Travolta, who wished he had gotten that role. Um, I mean, of those three, the, Chevy and Murray are like way too sarcastic for it. Right. And funny enough, author Winston Groom, who wrote it, said that he always considered John Goodman. Yeah, because in the book version, Forrest is like a giant dude. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. And then we have uh, the actors who were asked to play Bubba. David Allen Greer turned it down. Ice Cube says, I don't want to play an idiot. And Dave Chappelle was like, nope. And then later on, Chappelle was like, I fucked up. I should have took that role. Yeah, Chappelle's the one there that that I think would have done a great job. Yep. And there's a few other actors as well that uh, were considered for the role of Bubba. And that is Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, and Martin Lawrence. I don't think any of them were actually yeah. asked. They were just considered. Yeah. Um, but the actresses that were that turned down Jenny were Jodie Foster, Nicole, Nicole Kidman, and Demi Moore. Jodie um, Foster would have been so good. I absolutely 100% yeah. agree. I think she would have been excellent. Um, Tupac auditioned for Bubba. <laughs> I think that would have been interesting. That would have been incredible. <laughs> Yep. Um, Tupac and, gets this role. Is he still alive? Is the question. Right. Doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I don't know. Um, and then one fun fact is there are six songs by the doors in this movie by the most by any band, um, which is pretty I only awesome. only remember like one. Well, Break On Through is the first one you hear. You yeah. hear. Um, Hello, I love you is in one point. At one yeah. point when, when Jenny's leaving like the hotel room to go kill herself, it's like love that, her madly. Don't you love her? That's, madly? The, that's the one because like it's edited to like, don't you love her as she's walking out the, out the door, door. As she's walking out right. the door. And I was like, ah, yeah. Bob Zemeckis. Yeah, I, I saw the whole <laughs> list of them and I was like, I do remember all these songs about the doors. Zemeckis must be a big uh, doors fan. The last thing I have to say, and I love this, just just because it's funny, I think it would I still think it would work. But the actor that was really considered for Lieutenant Dan was Joe Pesci. And I think that yeah. would have been that w- I think that would have been pretty cool if Joe Pesci was in it. But yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I think so too. I'm tr- I'm trying to think like what yeah, like yeah, they would have like de-aged him for for the Vietnam stuff, I, th- I think. But yeah, that 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 could work. I could yeah. see him being like like complain, like Forrest, put me down, put me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, Joe Pesci with super long hair would be hilarious. He, I forget what movie he Joe Pesci did. Forrest is like, carrying him around, carry him away from the the, the battlefield. It's like, <laughs> Forrest, I'll bite your little fingers off. I remember uh, Macaulay Culkin was like, 
He's like, remember that movie, that little short he made about him like growing older and he's talking about how he got kidnapped or whatever, almost by the two of them. He <laughs> makes a little short about it. He's like, and they wouldn't even swear at me. Like one of them just kept calling me weird words like louse. <laughs> it's like, I just thought it was so funny. Um, but that's all my miscellaneous. So. All right. Uh, what are you eating with this? And if you could form it in a list of all the different variations of what you're eating with this movie. Hmm, what am I eating with this? Probably shrimp shish kebab, yeah. shrimp sandwiches, shrimp ala king. I don't have a list in front of me. Shrimp so. gumbo, gumbo, fried shrimp. I don't even, I, 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 I'll be honest with everybody listening, and this might be kind of shocking, but I don't eat shrimp. Uh, and not because I dislike it. Uh, I don't even know if I dislike it or not. I don't really like generally like seafood that much, but my mom was like, used to be really allergic to shrimp. So I've stayed away from mm. my entire life. My uh, my father uh, was like he he cooked for the family and then just like one day in his thirties developed a shrimp allergy. Oh, that's weird how that happens. He he found out as he was preparing shrimp and his like hands broke out. Oh damn! Yeah, I guess my mom like blows up like a balloon if she eats it. So and I remember I, had, I was I, I was actually at, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I was at Kowloon once and we ordered. I think it was like in high school. I ordered chicken fingers and I think that like they gave me shrimp instead, like the breaded shrimp. Yep. And I could taste it immediately. And I was like, guys, guys, I need to go to the hospital. And like, well, why don't we just wait 15 minutes and see what happens? And I didn't have an allergy after yeah. all. I had I have, I have a shrimp allergy story actually for myself. So because that happened to my father, I was uh, concerned that it would happen to me. Uh, and I ate a pizza that had a bunch of stuff on it. And one of the things was shrimp and I didn't like my throat didn't close or anything, but my tongue swelled up. And I was like, I think this is it. I think this is it. I think I'm allergic to shrimp. Yep. So I go to an allergist to like confirm it. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been to an allergist office. I haven't basically what's up. I have not. Okay. So basically what they do, is they have samples of like common allergies and they're in, they're like little needles that are like, Oh, they put them in your arm or something. Yeah. But it's like a box of like, and I was like, can you just test see like any shellfish just to be on the safe side? So it's like a box, the size of like a, let's say a matchbook. And there's a bunch of little needles in it and it's like a grid almost. So they put it in your arm and they know which, like what matches up in the grid. And it's like, Oh, you know, if it's, if you're allergic to shrimp, it's like, Oh, this is shrimp. So they put it on and nothing happens. So they're like, then I was like, I ate that thing. I was like, listen, like, here's the story. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to shrimp. And they go, okay, maybe it's just not like, maybe you just like need more shrimp to get a reaction. Like, so they took a fucking shrimp, a middle mini shrimp, stuck a needle through it and stuck it in my arm. (laughs) And I was sitting there for like 15 minutes with a fucking shrimp stuck to my arm as it turns out for no reason because I'm not allergic to shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I was allergic to in that on that pizza, but it wasn't shrimp. They're like, Rick, you have this weird disease where just randomly your tongue will swell up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, you know, I, I think, I don't know if they're like macadamia nuts. It was like a weird, like gourmet pizza place. Right. So that's the only thing I know I'm allergic to is macadamia nuts. Oh, weird. Yeah. I found that out in Hawaii uh, when I went on a tour of, uh, of Oahu. And the first stop was, hey, we have this macadamia nut tree. Do you want to eat some macadamia nuts right off the tree? <laughs> and I was like, sure do. <laughs> uh yeah, fun, fun time, fun times. Anyway, do you have any more miscellaneous? No, I'm done with miscellaneous. All right, let's. Uh, oh, wait, and we talked about food, so we're eating. Yeah, I mean, is shrimp the real answer? Is there uh, anything else? I mean, I was eating wings during this movie. Oh, wings. Yeah, some buffalo I wings. I think like Americana, like apple pie would be nice. Yeah, I do get the uh, the America from this. Yeah. Maybe not as much as a, a Spider-Man where every movie there's a fucking American flag behind <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man, which Dude, really, really bothers Spidey. me. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's uh, let's talk Oscars. Now, this is a uh, this is a year that we've, we've talked about a few times before. I, I think just twice. Shawshank. With Shawshank, our second ever episode. And of course, Pulp Fiction. Yep. Uh, let me just look through our history very quickly. What a sure year. Anything incredible year. 
incredible year. Uh, Lion King as well. We've yep. talked about this year. So we talked about it three times. So somebody we know's favorite movie. Indeed, the number one movie of uh, new villain of the show, Anthony. <laughs> uh, new villain. <laughs> <laughs> Laid by Anthony Barrasso. Yep. <laughs> nicest guy ever. Yeah. <laughs> nicest, villain of the show. nicest villain of all time. Yep. So that's uh, those are the three times we've talked about it. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about it now. Now we have best picture. Forrest Gump wins. Other nominees are Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, Shawshank Redemption. And we kicked out Four Weddings and a Funeral for The Lion King, I do believe. Okay. So what a lineup that becomes. You get Forrest Gump, you get The Lion King, you get Pulp Fiction, you get Shawshank, you get Quiz Show. This is, I mean, we talked in our Shawshank episode. We were going to do all three of these heavy hitters that were actually nominated. We've now done them, and we've done Lion King as well. What's your best picture winner for this year? I think Shawshank Redemption wins it. I think Pulp Fiction. Okay. It's, it's, it's so insanely close yep. that it's, it's hard for me, and I, I might say Pulp another day, but for right now, I think that as far as dram- dramatic, dramatic drama, I think Shawshank takes the, the, that, 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 uh, okay. that title. You know? I can't, I'm not going to argue too much about any of those, or, or The Lion King, for that matter. Uh, best Director. Zemeckis wins. Uh, other nominees, of course, Quentin Tarantino for Pulp Fiction, Robert Redford for Quiz Show, um, Christoph Klesowski, uh for Three Colors Red, acquaintance of the show Woody Allen. We we did, uh, I believe, replace uh, with Frank Darabont. So who do we have for director? I'm gonna go here with uh, with Quentin Tarantino. I would agree with that. I would I would definitely agree with that. Has Tarantino ever won director, best director? No, he's oh, won man. best writer. He's won for his writing. Man, that, 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 that that's a sting right there. It's it is. It is. Best actor. Tom Hanks wins. Other nominees. Morgan Freeman for Shawshank. Nigel Hawthorne for The Madness of King George. Paul Newman in Nobody's Fool and John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. You got to go Hanks here. I think you do. I think you do. And for me, Freeman's excellent. Oh, he is excellent. excellent. And Travolta's excellent too. Yeah. And for me, this is the trifecta. So I I did give an award to each one of them. Okay. So I think that that's what kind of the balance is for me. Do we want to? So are we considering Robin Wright as actress or supporting actress in this? I'm going to say supporting. She's not in the movie enough, I don't think. Best Supporting Actress is won by Diane Wiest in Bullets Over Broadway. Other nominees are Rosemary Harris in Tom and Viv, Helen Mirren in The Madness of King George, Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, and Jennifer Tilly in Bullets Over Broadway. I mean, I guess it's close, but... I'm kind of indecisive. How about you? Maybe you'll convince me one way or another. Um, I think this is a very good performance. I've not seen enough of these to really like talk about. It. I mean, let's let's talk about. I mean, the ones that we the one that we can't talk about. Let's talk this. And I'm not saying we take her out or anything like that. But what's the better performance? Is it Jenny or is it Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction? Oh boy. I mean, I definitely I definitely gravitate more towards Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction. Just because she's just so fun and she's just so good at it. She's, they're so different. It they're is so different. different yeah, it's a different it's performance. Tough yeah. to, it's tough to compare those two. Now, you know how, about, how about this? Just, just, just to make it more interesting, mm-hmm. what if those two actresses swapped roles? Ooh. Do you think, do you think they could both pull off those opposite roles? I don't think Uma Thurman could, but I do think Robin Wright could. So in that case, that makes me think that Robin Wright might be the better of the two as far as acting goes. So 
so I think I agree. I think Robin Wright has more range, but I think Mia Wallace is such the perfect role for, for Uma, Th- Uma Thurman. Like she, and like is that and the bride are like the two greatest Uma Thurman roles. Yep. And what do those two things have in common? Okay. Well, her and Tarantino have this weird chemistry yep. that just like you know, brings you know, brings out these performances. I, I think it's just for her feet personally, but could be. I mean, Tarantino's up for anybody's feet. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I, I. I. It's it's tough, but I think yeah. If, if you switch them, if they switch roles, yeah. I I, I can't see Uma Thurman as Jenny. It just doesn't work. She's also like get the proportions of like a supermodel the zoom with Herman. right so she's like she, I, I i would not be surprised i mean i'll have to look at like how tall she is but it wouldn't surprise me if she's like walking around a head taller than tom hanks i think i think she could do it i think it would maybe kind of be awkward but um just because i don't see her in the role at all but i mean actors they 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 surprise you you know sure but i think um I don't know. I don't know who we'd, who we'd re- replace because I don't want to replace Uma Thurman, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. So I guess we'll just leave her let's, out for now. We'll, we'll punt on this one, yeah. yeah. Uh, best Supporting Actor. Uh, another great movie from this year. Martin Landau wins for Ed Wood as playing Bella Lugosi. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is nominated for Pulp Fiction. Chaz Palminteri for Bullets Over Broadway. Paul Schofield uh, for Quiz Show. And Gary Sinise. Forrest Gump. Yeah, I think he deserves to be there. I don't think that he wins, but I think he deserves it. Do you keep Landau as the winner, or do you go Jackson? Oh, I go Jackson, hundred percent. Jackson, yeah, I, I, I would say so. Jackson, uh, Jackson will take that one. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, that's the Oscars. I mean, we'll we'll. I mean, I don't know if we'll, we'll revisit this year anytime soon, but uh, I think we definitely will in the future. Yep. Now we come to the single most important part of the show. And that's when I put 30 seconds on the clock. Derek tells us why Forrest Gump is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready? Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. Forrest Gump, directed by Robert Zemeckis, 1994. I think this is one of the most entertaining movies of the decade. I think that if you haven't seen this movie, it's one of those types of movies where you want to get cozy on the couch with a blanket and just and just enjoy this movie from beginning to end with no interruptions. Just 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 take it. It's it's got some really fine acting in it. I think that it'll make you love Tom Hanks if you already don't love him. And I highly recommend it. All right. 30 seconds on the dot. Well done, Derek. All right. So that has been our episode on Forrest Gump. Hope you have enjoyed it. I'm really interested to know what people think about this. You know, I, I, I you know, it, I know some people have, have, you know, messaged me privately and, and, you know, I, I throw it on social media. See if we can get a discussion going here. Cause again, there's a ton to talk about with this movie. Yeah. And like I said before, I didn't know that there was, I, I always just thought this was like just a beloved movie that everybody loved, but the more I search into it, there are a lot of negative reviews and people who don't like this movie. So it was a little bit of a surprise to me and it makes sense to me now why they wouldn't like it because of like the theme of the movie. But I think in general, I think it's a very entertaining movie and I think it's maybe one of the most memorable nineties movies as well. Yes. Yes. It's definitely. And that's one thing that we didn't really talk about the like immediate, immediate like takeover of pop culture that Forrest Gump had. Yep. The catchphrases. I mean, there's so many of them. Yeah. It, Within a second, it was like everyone knows exactly what Forrest Gump says. Right. Like, I mean, how many times has each person in their life said run, Forrest, run as a joke? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just like life is like a box of chocolate. Like, yeah, it's it's it, like fucking I, week I, before I, I, the scythe did pop culture fall before Forrest Gump. Hell, I say shot me right in the buttocks at least once a yeah. week. Yeah. Once a week. I've heard you say it 13 times. I've kept in, in one day. Yes. In a two week period, you said it 166 times in all different scenarios too. never, never yeah. repeated the same. I don't know once. why you like I was sleeping. You woke me up and you're like, I got shot in the buttock. <laughs> it was weird. 
and then I went back. It imagine was 3 a.m. Imagine Rick's face being woken up in the middle of the night, him a little scared, me hovering over him and just saying, I got shopped in the buttocks. Before I even said, how did you get in my house? You left. It was weird. Yeah, I didn't even stay for a snack. No, you didn't. Left. So, uh, so anyway, let's talk about what we have coming up. Uh, we've got uh, January Civil War Month. Start out next week with Lincoln. Can't wait. Then we've got another Daniel Day Lewis. After that, we have Gangs of New York. Oh my God. I'm, then I'm so excited. We, then we've got Glory. And mm-hmm. then, which is what, again, to, to cap off the month, what is technically not a Civil War movie, but what the hell we're doing it anyway? Django. Unchained. Yes. Yes. So can't wait for January. Going to be a very fun month. And we've got some fun stuff coming up as well after that. So can't wait to jump in to 2022. Derek, this is the last episode of 2021. It's been quite the journey. It has been. It's our our first full year of the podcast. And And we've been going for, what, a year and a half at least. It was August 2020 that we started this. So, yep. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's been and, a wild ride. Yep. And and just to plug something, uh, I did release a new episode of the greatest album of all time That's podcast. Right. And we are looking forward to be a little bit more consistent. Uh, I did record a, ba- a bulk of them in a row. So I have some coming out probably every two weeks just to keep it kind of spaced out. But I just dropped uh, the... Um, Axis Bold is Love by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. That's a lot of fun. The next one's going to be The Stranger by Billy Joel. And then after that, I have a guest on for A Night at the Opera by Queen. And then I'm hoping after that, Rick comes back. All right. I think we can work something out. You know where to find me. Oh, yes. All right. So, as always, I have been your beloved favorite co-host of 2021 winner of the best co-host of 2021 uh rick rick boski awards and i have been your favorite Razzie award co-star host winner and that is the big forest gump lieutenant dan bowski and that's all i have to say about that i got shopped in the buttocks <laughs>